0: Next Chapter Podcasts.
1: The truth can be tricky, especially with things like Photoshop and deepfakes casting doubt on everything from geopolitical conflicts to whether your favorite Insta model got buccal fat removal. Most of us probably have a healthy skepticism of everything we scroll past. But writer Natalie Beach knows from her friendship with influencer slash OG scam queen, Caroline Calloway, that the journey through the little glass screens in our hands goes way deeper than we think. Well, first of all, are you sick of talking about Caroline?
2: Uh, Sick is too strong a word. I think, you know, I just don't know her as a person anymore. I I haven't meaningfully had a relationship with her since 2017, and and so when people ask me about her, they're they're asking me about a person who existed in the past, and and so I think I feel I don't I don't feel sick of it or, or frustrated. I think I feel a little tentative because it's been a it's been a long time, and and I'm talking about like a version of her from many years ago, and I want to give her. The freedom and the space to keep growing and changing as a person and and not keep insisting that my perspective and memory of her from years ago is who she is
1: yeah yeah the reason I asked that question is because I had a very similar friendship I used to live with a girl in college that looked like a Victoria's Secret model and I was so <laughs> jealous of her and now I mean there was a lot of things that happened between us that, like, muddied the water. Um, but the truth is, I was thinking about her a lot when I was reading your book, because I was like, I don't know this girl anymore either. Um, and all that's left of her is the way I felt about her and, like, the way she made me feel. Yeah. And that that's the truth, right? Is how did you feel in that moment, and why did you feel that way, and what does it say about you?
2: Yes. And about, I think, how we are taught to view women, even though, like, and, and girls, and I think the 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 pressure is always in competition with other writers other other girls especially the hot girls and, and like and, and just feeling like well this like feeling like this foil to her and i i think that a lot of that is is learned behavior
1: And I feel like when it comes to influencers and people that are influential in our lives, like you are kind of like you said, like you're trying to solve them. (laughs) You're trying to put like like, you're a memoirist, like you're trying to put an ending to the story. But for people that live in this attention economy, there is no solving. It's just constantly feeding this beast. There's no explaining the Kardashians, right? Like it's just another day in another post.
2: Yeah, I think I think that the way influencers work like a high level is giving us the mirror to see ourselves or to like provide a blank slate for us to project all our desires and secrets onto. Um, And so just inherently there isn't going to be much of (laughs) much humanity in the image that we're seeing. It's supposed to be slippery.
1: So why do you think your, your story and Caroline's story, why do you think people like it? Why do you think it got, the clout that it did.
2: I think everyone has been through, um, tough friendship breakup. Um, and yet considering how universal it is there, we're, we're inundated with stories of romantic breakups. Um, and there's less out there, um, for when it comes to the, the friendship version of it. But I know for me personally, and a lot of people have told me this too, that the, ends of friendships I've had in my life are way more painful than the, than the ending of romantic relationships I've had. And there isn't really a cultural script for how to deal with it. Um, and I, so I think that, yeah, I, I think that the, the essay maybe rang true for a lot of people and maybe filled with a certain need for a discussion about that kind of relationship and how it ends and the pain you still feel even when it's over. But also, I don't want to put words in anyone's mouth. I think, you know, people come to it for different reasons. It was gossipy. It was saucy. It was a little bitchy. You know, it it came out um, a week when, like, Trump hadn't said anything, like, particularly memeable and egregious. And so, <laughs> the, you know, virality, the conditions were sort of perfect for it, I think.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think, first of all, friendship breakups are so real and so painful. But yeah, also, like people love a story about vibes, <laughs> right? Yeah. People love to, like, tear down other people's vibes and, like, just gawk at, like, the shit other people... But we, we're we all guilty of it. We all put forth an image of ourselves and, like, what we hope we get perceived as. So when we see somebody like Caroline, like, I mean, we all do that in our own in our own way. She did it in a very egregious way, which is, I think, why people love this story.
2: Yeah. I, I, I spent six months writing it. Like, I... I went through multiple drafts. I had like a great editorial team. I worked really hard on it. And I think that just by nature of the sort of churn and burn of the content now on the internet, a lot of writing is, is quicker and it's more dashed off. And I mean, it's incredible that writers can do that, but I, I think that also people are responding to maybe not, Consciously, but there's a certain like level of craft and intentionality, and you know, I really, I really worked on on the the art, the story, and the and the jokes and the lines, and like sort of trying my best to calibrate everything um, just right. And and that come, you know, and and also I wasn't writing it to launch my own like brand of myself, and and so I was um, I felt free to write me my character as like very problematic and um and and bitchy and a little insidious um and slimy and 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 i think that resonated with people too because there was an honesty and and also a story about two complicated troubled people as opposed to like the the totally innocent victim of a hot girl um is is the complicated versions more interesting.
1: Yeah, it is kind of like a mean girls story. Uh, cuz in in the beginning of the last chapter, I was like, "Ooh, I don't know if I like this girl." <laughs> like, you definitely painted yourself as this like villain who was just looking for your own gain, but then by the end it felt very apologetic and very like like you like you just really saw each other. You really saw Caroline.
2: <laughs> <laughs> or I maybe admitted that I'll, I'll never be able to fully see her, but yeah, you know, I need to step away. That's enough.
1: You're both kind of using each other as mirrors, but it wasn't clear to me the way that Caroline was using you as a mirror until the very end where, where you kind of decide she is actually the writer she always wanted to be, but she's never really given herself the credit for it because she's never taken the time to do the work, but you are a mirror to her too. You are the person that she also wanted to be, I think.
2: I think so. I don't want to put words in her mouth. Um, And I haven't read her, her recent work. So I don't really know where she stands on that conceptualizing our relationship. But you know, I, I think what made our, our friendship so um, intense, shall we say, was that that mirror dance we were doing with each other. And we're both filling some need that the other one had on like a very base sort of existential identity level, especially when we were young and just figuring out who we were. I think we saw in, in each other, maybe not the person we wanted to be, but the directions on how to become the person we wanted to be.
1: Right. I, there's so much. This is such a relatable story. I mean, I don't most people haven't gone through what you've gone through, but I think everyone's gone through a story where they feel like intense jealousy or like, Lament over their own lives, and you you put it all on one person. But then your thirties is figuring out, oh, this is my issue.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, that's on me. I hear it. Yeah, and you know, I think a lot of, I think everyone has, mostly everyone has had an experience with a very intense friendship that has flamed out. Especially by the time you 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 get to your twenties, your thirties. I mean, I, I think that that's maybe one of the reasons why a story that I thought of as just kind of like deeply personal, sort of specific, maybe exciting to certain girlies on media Twitter, like really blew up is because we can all relate to like a friendship becoming all consuming and then disintegrating in your hands in a way that still affects you.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I really, um, empathized with, you kind of exploring like is it ethical to even be a writer (laughs) like was writing that story right when you're talking about somebody else but at the end of the day you really are writing about yourself but you can't write about yourself without writing about other people and what you're experiencing with them
2: yeah you know no man is an island and if you are actually attempting to write about your own life you're going to just pretty quickly start getting your hands at other people's stories Mm. um and I, and i think you know it it's it's different when it's um, you know in my case like i'm like have a contract i'm getting i'm getting paid very explicitly to do that but i think we all you know anyone who who posts like pictures of them and their friends or you know you see this recently on tiktok of of people like eavesdropping on like at the table next door people talking shit and sort of using this conversation for clout it's the, the lines between your own perspective and someone else's life are and like and who gets to share that and like living in public i mean it has always been something we've had to grapple with you know just living in a community you know as people but i think the internet has really accelerated it because sharing and spying and sort of eavesdropping has become so much easier
1: yeah I did enjoy the part in your book, like in the very first chapter, it was very self-reflective, but also like very educational. You were talking a lot about uh, Alexander McQueen, who I love. Great documentary about him on Hulu. Yes. Uh, And then you were talking about the story of like Abercrombie and Fitch. So it seems like this is something, do you personally, is that a kind of story that you gravitate towards? Like stories of people... um, Kind of establishing themselves and and living living the truth that they've cultivated is that is that what you like to write
2: what what was so interesting to me about those two men and putting them in conversation with each other i mean obviously they're both they both work worked in fashion but you know alexander mcqueen is a genius and a, and a true artist and mike jeffries is a sexual predator and a charlatan um and um and all sorts of other bad things, so racist, we'll say, and yeah, like, on. you know, just the gamut. <laughs> but to me, they both were these individuals who had such like a very such a specific psychology, and then and so fixated on their own on creating their own little corner of the world. In in the case of with uh, Mike Jeffries, like, you know, the Abercrombie brand um, and McQueen, his own work. And then, but they had this influence that their, then their own private traumas and fascinations and, um, like, just, like, rocketed out across the planet and it affected tens of thousands of people sort of unknowingly. And, and how... I don't even know if that was, like, the intention at first. I, I think that especially with McQueen, he was just, he was just like a mad genius making work, and then he became, you know, one of the most famous designers of all time, but a- as a result, like, you know, the the sexual abuse he, he experienced, the, like, there's a straight line from that to, like, the clothes that we wear today, and you can't And that is just a very interesting, um, alchemy to me of, of how like our own individual lives, like in, in complicated, messy ways affect the people around us. And for those two men, it's, it's pretty extreme because they have such a cultural impact. But I think for everyone, like, we don't know the ways that we, we can sort of change the course of another person's life.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that's very, very true. But what was interesting to me, the the difference between the two men is Alexander McQueen started as just being an artist making what he wanted to make. The guy from Abercrombie and Fitch, I mean, he set out to create something that was mass mass appeal, that yes. was for the cool kids. Like, there was never artistry to it. There was... I'm going to create something that appeals to a very niche market that's going to become very successful. Like that was always the goal. But at the end, Alexander McQueen also kind of had to bend the knee to the mainstream a little bit, which is really oh, unfortunate. Sure. So when we're talking about influencers and brands, if you repeat something over and over again, you're constantly posting, you're constantly becoming this person. Are you actually that person at the end of the day?
2: In um. Above Caroline's desk where we did a lot of the work, there was a Kurt Vonnegut print that said um, something to the extent of uh, we are who we pretend you are who you pretend to be. So we must be careful who we pretend to be. Um, and I think I mean, that's a little on the nose for me to, to like hanging over Caroline Calloway's desk. Um, and I, I do think to a certain extent it's true. I think you look at people who are sort of like ironically misogynistic. And it's just like, I think you're just a misogynist at this point. Like there, and Mike Jeffries, I, I don't know if you, you saw like just two days ago, the BBC had a report of, um, like full on like sexual assault that he and his partner uh, facilitated at sex parties. And so in the past, there had been, you know, allegations of, uh, Abuse, like employer abuse and racism and, and Bruce Weber had to abu- was accused of abusing models while shooting for Abercrombie and Fitch but you know it the, the, there hadn't been a smoking gun for like Jeffries himself and but of course it, it like none of it's surprising because you, you this is what you created and then an exploitative brand and then like you you become that you you embody it um
1: so there's always, there's always arrows that point to who the people really are, I think.
2: I think so, yeah. I, you know, I, I think we're, we're, I've learned this going through, like having people read my work or, you know, from from readers to, to editors, I think I'm being like a little cagey or, or holding back um, my true feelings and people clock me immediately. Um, and that's a, it can be a little frightening. Um, but I think it's ultimately validating to be so easily seen by other people.
1: Subscribe, rate, and review Indecent with Kiki Anderson wherever you get your podcasts. Follow the show at IndecentKiki on Instagram. Follow me at Anderson. Email the show at IndecentThePod at gmail.com. And come back next week for more Indecent, where NSFW meets LMAO.
0: Ever heard of stoicism?